do honor or credit to someone by one's presence, to grace someone with your presence. And so I really took that to mean be present in the moment. You're listening to the Vibrant Leadership Podcast with leadership speaker and consultant, Nicole Greer. Hey, everybody. This is Nicole Greer, the Vibrant Coach, and welcome to another episode of the Vibrant Leadership Podcast. Today, I have none other than the lovely, the talented, and very cool glasses, Pat Kale with me today. And you got to know that she is an amazing businesswoman. And in fact, she... uh, She's not technically a coach, but I know that she coaches and consults and works with businesses every day uh, and is helping people do amazing things with their business. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Pat has served as the president of the Union County Chamber since September of 2013. And in her tenure, the membership of her chamber has grown by 30%. And the Chamber's work plan has expanded to include a more robust programming in workforce development, manufacturing, small business support, diversity, inclusion, and specific programming for women and young professionals. So when I say she knows business people and leadership, I mean, she knows it. So Pat has over 25 years of experience in the financial services industry. So she knows how to read a P&L. She knows how to make money and over 10 years experience as an entrepreneur herself. Pat's dedication to community service and volunteer leadership was recognized when she was named Union County Woman of the Year in 2011 and one of Mecklenburg. Okay, so for those of you not in North Carolina, Mecklenburg is the uh, county that Charlotte is in, Charlotte, North Carolina. And she was the Mecklenburg Times 50 Most Influential Women in 2015 because she is kicking it in Union County. And Pat is a graduate of the U.S. Chamber Foundations Institute of Organization Management and the North Carolina Chamber's first cohort of the U.S. Chamber's Talent Pipeline Management Program, which means she's a high potential and that she's in line to take over the United States of America Chamber. So please welcome to the Vibrant Leadership Podcast. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And listen, I am so excited to be with you. Any day that I can be with you and have a conversation is great. And then to be on your podcast, like I, I'm honored. This is great. Well, I got to tell you, you know, how you got here is because now don't miss this people. This, this is a testimony to your leadership. When one of your employees calls up and says, Hey, you should have your boss, my boss on your podcast. And I was like, I can do that. I I was just so impressed with Miss Jessica, right? She's like, I'm just telling you, Pat can tell people all about leadership because she's amazing. So she's that so, is such a testimony. She's so good. Yeah, she confessed when I said, Nicole's invited me to be on her podcast. And she had the look. I said, Wait a minute. I think you, I think a little bird has something to do with that. But thank you for having me. She's she's so kind. She's just a wonderful team member, and I'm very blessed to have her on our team. Yeah, well, my my guess is is that you also know about talent management. You saw her in an interview, and you said, "I'm going to scoop her up as quickly as possible." Absolutely. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I love to start out the podcast with just kind of getting all of my leadership gurus' opinions on, like, what? How do you describe leadership? What's your definition? If you had to put it in the dictionary, what would you say? I see. That's always a great question. To me, leadership is how you influence a team to achieve a common goal. 
and and I know I don't have to tell you this, and I know that those who listen to you know this because they they are part of the Shine Network. But it does. It's not about title. It's not about position. It truly is about the influence you have with others to get them to maximize their efforts to hit the goal, right? And um, I right. think that's the best definition I know because that's truly what it is, isn't it? It's using your influence in a positive way to get a team to move toward a goal. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, as we said in Pat's bio, you know, um, she's been moving her chamber forward for a long, long time. So, so just kind of going down that bunny trail for a second, um, you know, the chamber is a place where businesses come to plug in, get to know other businesses, network and that kind of thing. So, so tell me what the leadership skills you've put to work to get that kind of growth in your chamber, which is really amazing growth for a chamber. Oh, wow. That's an excellent question. So, so as you read in my bio, um, I've led teams in the past, and I'll be honest with you, they've all been in the for-profit world. And so the first day that I came to the chamber, I can remember after the go through the whole process and I'm sitting at the desk, what do I know about running a chamber? Nothing. But then you back off of that and you just, you go back to the basics, right? So the skills like building trust. I mean, really, um, the team I had here is a little different these days. We've had retirements and, and people have moved to take on their own chambers and so forth. But it's about building that trust, right? It's The team building part is around identifying the skills you need, making sure the right people are in the right seats on the bus, right, John Gordon. It's about listening. It's about setting a very clear vision and communicating it again and again and again, with clarity, setting those measurable goals. I know you're all about smarts, my friend. And it's making sure those right. are there. It's encouraging leadership and others because, I, again, I don't believe leadership's about position. There's situational leadership opportunities for everyone on this team and encouraging that in, in their skill set. And then it's personal accountability for me. It's making sure that um, I live in integrity and that I do what I say I'm going to do. And sometimes it's getting out of their way so they can get stuff done. I, I, I feel sometimes like I'm the block and tackler. My goal as a, as a leader is oftentimes to remove the obstacles that are in their pathway so they can achieve what they can do. Right. And I've got a great team. Yeah, you do. You have a fantastic team. And I think that's part of it. So there was a lot that she just said in that very short amount of time. So I don't want you all to miss it. So Pat, I like to like make sure that my people are taking notes. Okay. So one thing that I think is important that Pat said is that you've got to have a vision. And what I kind of read between the lines is, you, you know what, you have to know what you're going to say about where we're going, you know, like actually have like a there I say it, a speech prepared. And then Pat said, you have to tell it and you have to tell it and you have to tell it. <laughs> right. So, so right. I, I adore that. And you do yeah. because we all, you know, how it is, we only, what is it? We only uh, retain 10% of what we hear. And so we have to see it. We have to see it in action. I believe very strongly in modeling the behavior that you want in others. Uh, and so, again, it goes back to living in integrity, being sure that you're the kind of leader. Uh, and, a, and a quick story about one of my team members around this. Um, when she came to work uh, here, well, actually before when we had a conversation, she said, you know, I, I never really wanted to, to lead others. I, I really didn't want that responsibility. And I, I think to myself, what kind of leaders have you had in your world 
that have set such a bad example for you that you feel you you don't want to be that person. And, and I'm very blessed to say that over time, she and not only uh, me, not just modeling my behavior, but also another team member. And she said, I've really come to believe I think I can do this. And I know she can do it because she's just she's a very talented individual. But you think about um, the impact you have on others. And, and wouldn't that be just the saddest statement of your leadership to think that you have negatively impacted someone else? in that way that they don't want to be a leader. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it all goes back to your definition of influence, right? You know, so my, my old thing is, you know, uh, you come in the door and you're either going to bring uh, light or you're going to bring darkness and that's why we must shine. Right. And so, uh, and, and, and you're right to, to think that you had such an influence over somebody that you, you really damaged that, like maybe the trajectory of their entire career, which impacts their earning, which impacts their family. I mean, leadership is such a high, high, high responsibility. And two times now, don't miss this everybody. Two times now, Pat has said that integrity is important um, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, one of the things that I do a lot of times when I work with groups is I talk about the quality of your character mm. and that, you know, that quality of your character is the thing that'll carry your leadership. So talk a little bit about integrity. How, do you, how does a leader actually demonstrate integrity? We're kind of going off the questions we talked about beforehand, but you already got me going down some great bunny trails here, which I love. Yeah, um, I, I think the most important one, and, and, and you have to have that integrity in order to build the trust, right? Trust comes when you know that I'm going to live up to what I said I'm going to do, and I know you are the same way. So I think the first part of integrity is being transparent. You know, it, it, the experience that we've had over the past 12 months, there have been a lot of companies who've had to deliver bad news. And uh, all along this pathway that we've been on, I make sure whether it's good news or bad news that I'm as transparent as I can be. I don't ever want anyone to be surprised when it comes to review time. I don't want them to be surprised if we're going through a tough time as an organization or a team. So I believe very strongly in transparency. I believe very strongly in personal accountability. I'm as accountable to my team as they are to me as their leader. And so I believe that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, or I'm going to circle back around and let you know, man, I thought I could deliver. I can't, but here's here's the next steps. Does that work for you? And I also believe in, in having, having each other's backs. And I don't mean that in a cover your self kind of way. I just mean that Love your fanny kind yeah, of Yeah, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it real PC here. Um, but I think it's when when you have a, as a team member, when you have a struggle or you you're not sure how to deal with something, that I'm the first person you want to come see as your leader, not because because you trust me that what I'm going to do is partner with you to solve the problem, to help you through it, or at least if nothing else, to listen and maybe offer you some thoughts about that might get your juices flowing that you can fix it. That's what I mean by covering your back, about getting your back, is that you trust me enough to bring any situation to me because I don't like surprises. No leader does. We want to know what's going on, good, bad, or ugly. And on the other side of that, to build that trust, 
you have to be comfortable that you can bring anything to me. We can have that conversation with honesty and integrity, learn from it if it's one of those moments. And then on the other side of that, celebrate when we go through it together, right? And so I think that's very important. Transparency, going back again and and um, making sure that we trust each other uh, to do the right things and that I'm going to deliver when I, when I promised you I would. Yeah, I think doing what you say you're going to do is absolutely essential uh, to the process. And, um, you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, I, all the times I will ask people uh, when I have seminars and stuff, I'll be like, okay, so first thing I want you to do is I want you to, I want you to tell your neighbor, the person next to you, the story of the best boss you ever had. And it, it still surprises me, but um, I don't think it's the answer people would think would come, but they say, well, they were really strict. They were really hard on me. They must have loved me, but like, this is the best boss they ever had. And usually it's like, well, I had this easygoing laid back boss. We don't want that. We want somebody who's going to hold us in integrity and hold us um, to a high level. And I love what you said about modeling um, so, so tell me, uh, sounds like you've, uh, developed some people cause they've gone on to do their own chamber. They, you know, they got hired away from you. So, so how does a leader, what are the things we need to model? What are the things that are essential that we model? Oh, that's great. I think it goes back to listening and I know how, I know how you feel about listening. You, those, um, areas of listening that you talk about often, but I think it's about that active listening about truly being in the moment, being present, um, whether that's with a t- another team member or whether that's with, in our case, a member or a customer client. It's making sure that that we are present and, and, and that, I think, encourages them. I also think that um, your comment about uh, best boss not always being the one who's the, the kind, you know, who's always about, oh, we're best buds and all of that. I don't really think team members expect that. I, I don't think they do. Friendly, yes. Have fun, definitely. But we do have a job to do. We are moving toward a common goal. But I think it's also about how you handle the the bad, the negative things that come up. And they come up every single day, right? We overcome right. challenges every day. That's part of business. That's part of the world we live in. How we handle that, again, I go back to if a team member comes to me, I say to them all the time, if you're if you've hit a brick wall or you have a, a member who has a problem, I'm the first person you want to come see because we'll talk it out. And then I have to be receptive to that, don't I? I can't say that to you. And then you come to me and then I lose my mind and pull out my hair and rant and rave. I have to be calm right. about it and listen. And, and so I, I try to do the things that I would like to see them do with each other and with our members. And, and those, of course, are our customers. And I, I also, again, I go back to, I want them to act with integ- integrity, not just with me, but with each other and our members. And so, again, I try to be sure that that I don't say one thing and do another, which I think is a breach of integrity as well. Um, I also think how we treat other people, members, are we responsive or do we respond in a timely manner? Do we treat them with integrity? Are we honest in our dealings? Are we putting, I believe, very strongly in servant leadership? And so are we putting the needs of the team above our personal needs? Uh, I, I am quite confident no member of my team would ever say, oh, well, you know, Pat, did anything, whether it was a financial gain or a personal gain, 
Uh, they, I have no doubt they would say that because they know that is not who I am. I put the needs of our team first and I anticipate they will as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and for those of you who are big readers, and if you're not a big reader, Nicole Greer is going to say it again, you have to read books about business and about leadership. That's the that's the only way you're going to get it. And, and it's surprising to me how many people don't read. When I interview people, Pat, I say, what book are you reading right now? And the ones that can just fly with it. I'm like, okay, there's a good one. There's somebody who's doing some learning, right? That's right. Uh, but I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you talk about servant leadership, which, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've probably heard a talk, but also have read up on it. And then also I heard you mention situational leadership. So I'm hearing you, you kind of mash two leadership styles. If you were going to describe, you know, the, your leadership style, because you have done exceptionally well in your career, being an entrepreneur, financial services, now being in the chamber, getting, you know, you're going to take over the world. So uh, tell us, like, what is unique about your style and what have you borrowed from other other people who speak about leadership? How, how would you say your leadership style is? Oh, that's great. I think that um, I love to have fun. You know that when you come and yes. are part of anything yes. we do together, I love to laugh and have fun. And I'm not one who walks around the office all serious. You know, I think uh, I trust that I've hired the right people. And if I haven't, then that's another conversation. But I trust right. I've hired the right people who have the right attitude, who want to be successful. Right. And so I think my style is one where I 90% of the time, I think, I think, uh, I'd like to think they would think so. I'm one too that this morning, I'll give you an example. We had a few people in I the love office. An example. Yep. We had a few people in the office last week and haven't used the meeting room since. And again, we're still in the throes of COVID and, and fortunately things are getting better, but I'm still very cognizant of things being clean and so forth. So we had a group in, and so I came in this morning, we have a staff meeting every Monday morning. I came in this morning and rearranged the tables and chairs that we used for the other meeting and wiped them down myself because I wanted to be sure they were comfortable when they came in this morning, that they were coming to a work area that was comfortable for our staff meeting. And so um, I, I'm the first one that if we have ice or snow, I pick up the shovel. And, and I, I believe very strongly that we all have a, a role to play. And I say often we need to stay in our lanes. We all have a lane that we're moving in and that each of our jobs is very important. There is no team member here that if she's slacking off, that we don't feel it because we're a very small staff. Uh, of five and two of those folks are part-time and we're serving uh, over 700 members. And so I have to, I have to do my part. They have to do their part, but my part doesn't mean I just get to come in and sit behind the desk and, and do nothing. Things have to happen in an organization. So I sweep, I vacuum, I move things out of the way. I schlep tables when we have an event. Um, I, I tried to do my part and so that they understand I value them and I'm not going to ask them to do anything I'm not prepared to do, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You have to be a table schlepper, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I love that, yeah. I wish I had a dollar for every chair I moved into a certain order. Oh my gosh, I'd be so rich. It'd be crazy. Okay, that's awesome. Well, you know, I do want to go down this bunny trail since, you know, you did hire this great gal, Jessica, who, you know, got you on the podcast and who um, I actually find to be super delightful. We're getting ready to do an event coming up and it's going to be right. so fun for the women uh, in the chamber. So I can't, I can't wait for that to happen. Uh, well, you know, how, 
how do you find good people? A lot of leaders are like, how do you do that? And I'd like to know kind of like the pack tail, you know, uh, inside scoop on that. What do you, how do you do that? I'll, I'll give you two quick examples. I hope they're quick. You know, Ooh. I can talk. The first one is yeah, Jessica. I'll tell, tell you the Jessica. I want to hear. I'll tell you the Jessica story. So um, we have another team member who uh, took a, a, an offer from one of our members, and so um, she come in, gave us her uh, resignation, and we had known Jessica because she was a member. She worked for a member, and that member sold his business, so she, her job uh, was affected. So she was doing some some different things. She was doing some consulting and different things, but always. You know, when I when I see attitude and I I get that that person's a good fit, I always just follow them away, stay in touch, not in a kind of a, oh I'd love for you to come work for me, but just a keeping up with people, right? Keeping that network, right. which is what I do, that network. And so when that person gave her resignation, I literally walked down so she could share that with her team members, and I walked back to my office, I closed the door, and I made the phone call to Jessica. Are you interested in maybe talking to me about a job? And so, yes, what I did not know fully was what we would be going through, of course, with with COVID over the past year and just all these great skills that were there. And I kind of knew, but man, the communication and the way we reacted was in a large part because of of her great skills. Another one is Kim, who who was our... um, director of operations and member services. Kim and I worked together in banking. Um, She didn't work directly for me. She worked for one of my team members. Um, But when we had a role that I had created, I did some realignment. I knew that was perfect for her. Here's a funny story. So I call her, not to poach, but just to say, do you know anyone? Here's the job. And she said, no, I really can't think of anyone. Okay, plan B. Next day, I got a phone call. Were you offering me a job? So she came in. So what I do is I, uh, is part, I mean, I guess that's why I'm at the chamber is when I see someone, even though we do not have a role for that person at that time, if their attitude and who they are speaks to me, uh, then uh, when we have an opening that fits their skill set, then I just Again, they're part. They become part of my network. I don't let them go, and uh, and it's you know I've had people say no. Not everyone says yes, but I also have a team member who's a part-time retired banker. Again, remember I was in banking. Uh, she and I worked together years ago, and she retired from her employer. And I knew she'd be perfect for the role we needed, and she has been awesome. So what I say is, when you find the talent, and even if the moment's not right, just Again, maintaining the network and then going back when the time's right. And I don't typically hire skills or usually something we can teach for the most part. Uh, I hire more about attitude and integrity and the kind of character that, to your point, that they have. If they have that, we can work just about with anything else. Yeah. So uh, don't miss what she just said, everybody, is that your whole entire career if you're going to lead and you're going to build beautiful teams, you've got to have your networking gear. So if you're sitting there thinking, I haven't talked to anybody from my last job in years, it's not too late. You can turn around and go back. You can touch people on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm a huge believer in LinkedIn. I know that Pat and her team are as well. Um, and, and you've got to stay in touch with people. And, you know, um, we we all have studied personality. Pat, I bet you you've taken everything from Myers-Briggs to DISC to whatever. Is that true? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And so 
Pat is a people person. So, you know, it's not hard for her to do people things, um, but she has to go to that task side and actually keep up with them. So if you're, if you're like a task person, but not a people person, like you have the opposite set of skills, you got to grow, right? So it's about the actual task of keeping up and the actual skill of being able to have conversation. And I love what that girl said, are we doing really a job? No, right? She's like, really? And the other part of that too, is it goes back to, to your reputation as a leader, right? Because you can, can, right. You can build that network and you can still work it. You can do your things. But if you go back to that person and that person doesn't believe you have the interior integrity or character that they want to work with, they're not going to come. So I, again, it goes back to living in integrity and developing that reputation. I want to scoot back to something you said a moment ago. Yes, please. Being, a, being a lifelong learner is critical, critical, Absolutely. right? You Whether you're listening to uh, podcasts, which I listen to Nicole Greer in my car, or you're reading, you know, physically sitting down and reading a book or a Kindle, whatever. Reading is so important because the, our world is changing so quickly. And just to develop, you know, leadership is about developing those skills, right? It's a hard, it's a hard thing, not hard as in hard, difficult, but hard as in you can learn it, you can make it happen, but you've got to develop it, you got to invest in it. And that is about reading. And there's so many great, I mean, people are so knowledgeable. Pull that stuff in and, and keep what's good for you. Yeah, yeah. So have you had a good read lately you would like to share with the group? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that um, it's so important to have something good. This is my new thing. I, I don't think it looks very exciting, but um, I'm hoping I can get through it. But it's like learning or excuse me, uh, leading the learning function. So like how to lead the training department in your organization. This is, this is going to be my new read. Um, but I'm wondering what you're reading right now. So I'll just, let me repeat that again. Uh, yeah, leading the learning function, leading the learning function, tools and techniques to have organizational impact. So um, you know, this whole thing with uh, COVID and being remote, uh, the other thing I read today uh, was an article from um, Harvard Business Review. Uh, listen to this, Pat. I know you already know this like in your gut because you have your finger on the pulse of everybody, all your 700 members. But they're saying that uh, people used to think working remotely was like, like, if you got that job, it was a coup. He was like, look what I've pulled off. I get to stay home and be in my sweatpants or whatever. Well, now, because of the flip that people are forced home, now they're saying that uh, now that the um, satisfaction from working from home has dropped 45 points. Oh, wow. COVID. Because people, uh, where they used to think it was an advantage, now they're seeing it as a disadvantage and they're unmotivated. And there's like this uh, weird inertia, like they're just like getting by every day. So, um, so anyways, it's really interesting. So like, if you don't, if you think, well, my people aren't very motivated, you're right. (laughs) You're not, you got to get on the program here. So, um, so, so tell me a little bit about what you're reading. One of my favorite books is Essentialism by Greg McCallan. It's not a new book, but have you read that? Yes. And I, and every I have that said to me all the time. So hello again. Hello. Hello. Is this thing on? Please, please read Essentialism. Okay. So tell us why you love it. And you know, he wrote a new, he wrote a new book coming out in April, uh, Effortless. Um, so what I love about it is 
that, you know, um, you're right. I've done Myers-Briggs. And so going back to my DISC uh, assessment, I'm a really high D. And so one of the things that I, I do is I come in on Monday because we spend a lot of time at the lake on the weekend. I'm in the boat. Husband's fishing. I'm reading. That's what I do. I love to do it. He tells me around the lake. So it's great. Anyway, so I come in on Monday morning. <gasps> Pat has five new ideas, right? <laughs> <laughs> And so what Greg's book has helped me do, and I reread it every year, the first quarter of every year, I reread the book because, you know, you slip when you're a person who, who's a squirrel every moment, right? And you have all these great ideas. What Greg's book is all about is it's boiling it down to that that is essential. And it's taking everything else out of the equation. And that's means not only stuff that's not good or not fun or not great ideas, it means having to eliminate some really good ideas because they're not essential to where you are right now. In fact, one of my team members for Christmas gave me a mouse pad that she custom made because she knows this is my favorite book and it's one of hers too. So anyway, if you have not read that, I'm with Nicole read essentialism it is like one the best book it's an easy read and if you do not see yourself in the pages i'll be amazed i will be amazed because when i read it what he talks about oh that's me that is so me that's right that's right well i am a high i with a d right behind it so i understand shiny thing essentialism it's a thing it's a thing it's as a we thang. say here in north carolina that's right <laughs> That's right. Well, I have just absolutely loved talking to you. And I, I just wondered, you know, you you see people join the chamber. You see people leave the chamber. Doesn't happen very often because she keeps them there. Uh, but when things like this happen, you know, some leaders struggle, some entrepreneurs struggle. But what do you think the thing is that gets in our way? Why, why are we on the struggle bus? I think um, I have two two things around that. The first one is okay. um, when when I started uh, leading uh, my first team I led, I was in my late 20s. And my mentor at that time, you know, I was I'll be the first to admit not a good leader. I uh, would not have wanted to work for me um, at that time. And so um, I was talking to my mentor and I'm just, oh, you know, they won't do. They won't do. We're not meeting. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, right. he did a great, he did a really good thing for me. He said, uh, I know that I know exactly what your problem is, Pat. And I'm like, oh, great, quick fix. This is going to be awesome. Right. The magic pill. And he, we were in the office and he took me to the hallway to a mirror and he, he gently turned my shoulders and said, look in there. And I looked in the mirror and it was Pat. And that oh has, my goodness. That's fantastic. Me, right. That has stuck with me. And his, his comment was, all problems start at the top and all solutions begin there too. And so for me, I think too often, um, again, going back a little bit to the essentialism piece, the external factors, uh, you know, there's always recessions and I mean, first pandemic in my career and hopefully the last, um, me they're too. Just, right? There's just so many uh, outside factors and yes, they can impact your business. There's no doubt. But I think if you go into any leadership role, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're leading the team for a company or a nonprofit, um, I think the most important thing that you can do is to remember, uh, look internally first. Uh, it, almost every time when we talk with folks here and we're having conversations and in restaurants and hospitality, there are so many industries that have been harmed. 
And uh, mm-hmm. part of what, what I say first is, how are you doing? How are you doing? Because that is the most important thing. If we approach it from an external forces are killing me or they're tearing up my business and we don't look internally first to know that we have the strength and we have the skills and and we can overcome this. It doesn't mean we don't need help. It doesn't mean we don't reach out to our partners. Uh, but it's one uh, again, it goes back to internal first. And, and my second thing is uh, I choose a word every year. As I start the year, oh, I love I love when people you, choose a word. Okay. Do, you, do you do What's that? Word? What's word? Okay, well, yeah. my word, word. I have a life verb. My my word is vibrant. You got to be pulsating with energy and light. You got to bring light wherever you go. This enthusiasm thing it's 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 a thing. It's a it is a thing. thing. Oh, it is a thing, right? Yeah. And it's normally, my words are like. Uh, focus and and intentional and they're always this so this year like usually right. around That's December, very deep intentional and focused very deep words anyways right. i'm just saying <laughs> so december is when i start this process and so december i'm getting this word and i'm fighting it no that is not who that's not my word Anyway, finally, it kept speaking to me. So I believe in the power of words. I go look up meaning. So I'm looking up the meaning of this word. And that's mm. my word for 2021. And it's grace. Grace. Ooh, I right? And, and I've, I've not used that kind of word before for my word of the year. But when I looked at the definition, I'm gonna, I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess this up. Simple elegance or refinement of movement. And I love the thought of moving with elegance, right? Courteous goodwill, courteous goodwill. And oftentimes I'll offer that to others. I'm a little hesitant sometimes to offer that to myself. goes back to how we speak to ourselves. I'm probably a lot tougher on me than anyone else will ever be. And the last one is do, do honor or credit to someone by one's presence. Wow. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Say it again. Say it again. Do honor or credit to someone by one's presence, to grace someone with your presence. And so I really took that to mean be present in the moment. And of course, there, there is the you know, divine grace and you can go in other directions. But when I read that, I thought, you know, Pat, 2021 is a year where there's, it's still tough. There's still some, a lot of struggles out there. And I think you need to give yourself a little grace. You offer it to so many others. And, it, and I find myself speaking to myself, if I'm at the drive-thru and things aren't going well, or I'm at this or whatever, I really do remind myself, I think we are all doing the best we can with what we have right now. And so I think rather than um, be frustrated, you know, there's the mask thing, the vaccine, you know, we've got all sorts of stuff going on. But if we could just treat each other with the grace that I just have to come to you with an assumption, you are doing the best you can. And if you'll give me that same uh, graceful assumption, then together, look at what we can do. So those are kind of my, my, my thing is, if we look internally first and know that we do have the strength, even if we need that help from whoever. And the second is, let's just give each other a whole lot of grace this year as we continue to come out of this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think that is just like the perfect place to stop. That was beautiful. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, and gosh, I could get into a whole analysis of the disc right there because really where you went was like to the, to your opposite letter, which is an S, right? So let's just, you know, steady ourselves. 
Let's hold people. Let's I, the the one that was about the presence. Honor people with your presence. Right. right? That one. Say it one more time because it was really good. Say it one more time. Do do honor or credit to someone by one's presence by being present with them. I love that. Yeah. So it's like understanding where people are at because, you know, Pat and I are the kind of girls that are like, look at people like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Let's make this happen. Right? <laughs> Those D's come over there. Don't tell us your sad story. Let's move on. But right. I, I, but right. But I think time. we need we really do need that, I think, right now. And then we go get our we go get it. Right. That's right. Yeah. I think 2023, we'll be back and go get it mode. Um, But we do, we got to take people by the hand and say, you know, uh, you've fallen down, but let me help you get back up and then keep holding their hand for a little while uh, until they get, you know, a sure footing. We get back into things. Yeah. All right. So Pat, we're going to have to have you come back because I think we have a lot more to talk about, but I think that was an excellent, excellent, um, a good time on the Vibrant Leadership Podcast. I'm so grateful for you coming on here. I know you're a busy lady with a lot of people to take care of. So thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you for having me. It really has been a pleasure and an honor. And at any time, at any time, looking forward to seeing you soon. Ready to up your leadership game? Bring Nicole Greer to speak to your leadership team, conference, or organization to help them with her unique SHINE method to increase clarity, accountability, energy, and results. Email speaking at vibrantcoaching.com. And be sure to check out Nicole's TEDx talk at vibrantcoaching.com slash TED talk.